Welcome to the Venture Church Podcast of Venture Church in South Mississippi. Find out more about us at VentureChurch.org. Yeah, you, you wonder who those crazy people are at Walmart? They're Venture Team. That's who they are. Uh, 17 days until Christmas. And let me ask all of our campuses. I'm waving at our campuses. How many of you have got the tree up and you're ready to roll? Raise your hand. You're ready to roll. We hate you. Okay. <laughs> Uh, now, how many of you, like, in getting the tree up and getting the lights up, you had some kind of argument or frustration? Raise your hand. That's the same people. <laughs> yeah, you know, Christmas is kind of like that. And every year when we roll into Christmas, there's all kinds of frustrations. And one of the ways that we all, not all of us, but a lot of us try to, to kind of escape that is by turning on the Hallmark Channel. And uh, I didn't know this until I got in the car this week with Alicia. There's also a Hallmark, like, radio channel that you're trapped in the car with that, Perry Como. And literally, we were driving down the road, and I was going to jump out. I mean, it's 55 miles an hour, but I couldn't take it anymore. And you're saying, well, why are you so mad about Hallmark? I'm not, but let me give you the plot. And this is just kind of help people who aren't having a great Christmas and who watch that and get really frustrated thinking they're the only ones not having that kind of experience this is the plot of every Hallmark movie, and you can write this down, save you a lot of time. There's 100 Christmas movies. I don't know if you know, I counted them. I went through and counted them. There's 100 Christmas Hallmark movies, and they started back in October, and they're still going strong. And man, you can download those things, you can DVR those things, or you can get this right here. The plot of every Hallmark movie is about a career woman who's too busy for love. But she has to move to a small town where a handsome local bachelor teacher teaches her about the true spirit of the holiday. It starts snowing and they kiss. There's also a dog and hot chocolate. So if you've ever wondered what Hallmark's about, that's it. And, and the one thing I wanted to do, and I know you're like, some of you are like, you just hate Christmas. I don't. It's the ideas of Christmas being perfect that really frustrate me because the first Christmas was more like being in the parking lot of Walmart, okay? Late at night. Have you ever been to Walmart late at night? Okay, it's crazy, okay? It's kind of it's grimy. It's a little bit scary. And if you want to know how it really felt the first Christmas, it was more like the guy who's sitting there with this like poster up saying, I will work for food. I mean, there was a lot going on. And the reason, this is good here, the reason you love Hallmark is because of the general revelation of God that when he sent Jesus into the world, things that were not right could be made right. See, the reason you're drawn to Hallmark is that Jesus came and he promises you hope. He promises you a life that is beyond anything you've dreamed of. Now, last week, uh, Craig did an amazing job in talking about Tamar, and you may not know this about Tamar, but she was into human trafficking, yeah. Yeah, if they did the postcard, and we're getting a lot of great Christmas cards. If Jesus had a postcard of his family, it would include Tamar. And it's the gospel. That you are more sinful than you ever imagined, but you're more loved than you've ever realized. That's what Christmas is about. It's not just about, you know, it's snowing on Christmas or, or things all working out in the moment. It's the reality that God loves you and that Christmas he proves it because he came. 
He came to love you. He came to give you the life you've always dreamed of. And if you will do life with him, you've got a great chance. If you will listen to his words, and you're going to hear it in the Bible, that none of his words fail, when you begin to really get serious about his words for your life, and you go, hey, I'm going to live that way. I'm not going to live this way. I'm going to live this way. It's amazing how hallmark stuff begins to happen in your life. You said, if I come to Jesus and obey him, everything will be perfect. No, but you'll have joy. <laughs> Let me tell you something. There's a lot of people that got the hallmark going on, but they don't have joy. And when you do life God's way and you say, I want to do life God's way, man, you will have a Christmas song that will be amazing. Speaking of our Christmas song, it comes on tomorrow night at 5 o'clock. The Hallmark Christmas song. And, and here's the plot so that you don't have to watch it if you don't want to. Uh, <clears throat> Melody Jones, a famous country music star, returns home to spend Christmas with her estranged family in an old flame and, and learns what's important in life. And she has a collie. So here's the reality. If you want the real Christmas song, let's open the Bible. Luke chapter 1, if you have your Bibles. If not, it'll appear on the screen. And you're going to find out kind of the root of where all these good things were, that are happening in Hallmark, the genesis of it, it's found in the Bible. Luke chapter 1, verse 26. In the sixth month of Elizabeth's pregnancy... Elizabeth is, you know, a relative of Mary. God sent an angel, Gabriel, to Nazareth, kind of podunk town in Galilee, to a virgin pledged to be married to a man named Joseph, a descendant of David. The virgin's name was Mary. The angel went to her and said, Greetings, you are highly favored. The Lord is with you. And Mary was terrified. She was greatly troubled. She was blown away at his words. And she wondered what kind of greeting this might be. But the angel said to her, don't, don't, don't freak out. Don't be afraid, Mary. You found favor with God. And you'll conceive and give birth to a son. And you're to call him Jesus. And he will be great. He'll be called the son of the most high. And the Lord God will give him the throne of his father, David. And he will reign over Jacob's descendants forever. His kingdom will never end. And she goes, you got to be kidding me. In the Greek, that's literally what it means. She says, you got to be kidding. How will this be? I am a virgin. I mean, like, I've not even been on a date. And the angel answered, the Holy Spirit will come upon you and the power of the Most High will overshadow you. So the Holy One will be born, will be called the Son of God. And even Elizabeth, your relative, is going to have a child in her old age. She's about 75 and she's going to have a baby. She was said to be unable to conceive in her six, and she's in her sixth month. Because no word from God will ever fail. That should be like the bottom line of this passage. And she said, I am the Lord's servant. May your word be fulfilled. And the angel left her. I'm going to tell you, I, I may not get into Hallmark, but I get into that. And, and I can kind of watch Hallmark and get, you know, get up and do stuff and kind of watch it because I know how it's going to end. Because I know how Jesus came. And Christmas is a gift. Listen, Christmas is a gift that demands a response. And you say, well, I don't know what my response is going to be. Yeah, you do. I mean, a lot of you are rolling in, and you're like me. When Christmas comes around, you get a little bit cynical. You get a little bit critical. When you get in on, 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 on 98, when you get on 59, when you get on 49, you're a little bit frustrated. 
And Jesus came for you. He came to encourage you. He came to give you something that you're not going to find in the hustle and bustle that is all around you. I was talking to one young lady in a box store. I won't tell you which one it is. And, and of course, I was waiting. And uh, as I was waiting, I struck up a conversation with her because I thought, you know, we got a lot of time. We might as well talk. You know, it's going to be all day. I'll be here all day. We're going to be here all day. You know, she didn't have where to go. And so, so I just said, well, hey, are you, ready? are you ready to get Christmas going on? Are you ready for Christmas? And she goes, yeah, I'm ready to get it over with. Young girl. I mean, this is, not, I mean, this, I mean, this is a young girl. And, and I mean, she never looked up. I said, you, you got Christmas ready? Are you ready to go? She goes, no, I'm ready to get it all over with. This was last week. And I thought, man, how many people are responding that way? Anybody like that? I just want to get it over with. Like, like I'm already tired. Yeah, I'm already tired. Like, like, I don't like it. Like, everything around me is crazy, and my family's coming. We don't even like each other, but they're going to come in, and we got to fake it till we make it. And, like, I don't know how we're going to do it. Yeah, yeah. See, that's a lot of people. And you say, well, well, how should I respond? What kind of response should I have? Your response should be like Mary's. Mary responded in four ways, and there are four things I'm trying to wrestle with this Christmas. And the first thing that she was, the, the, the reaction she had that she, is she was shocked. Now, now, now think about this, because you've heard, I preached, on, I preached this passage 23 times. 20, think about that, 23 different times. I mean, when I read that, you drooled a little bit. But in the very first Christmas when the angel Gabriel appeared to her, it blew her mind. It should blow your mind. I mean, there were 400 years of silence between Malachi and Matthew and, and nothing had happened. And, and then all of a sudden an extraterrestrial shows up and he says, you're going to have a baby. And she's 14 years old. And she goes, there's a problem with that because I don't really, like I got a boyfriend, but like we have never held hands. We've never kissed. We've never been on a date. I don't see how this is going to work out. She was shocked. And you ought to be shocked about Christmas. Listen, I did some study and, and with regard to how many people believe in the virgin birth and about half the people under 30 go, yeah, I really believe the virgin birth. Listen, the virgin birth is like the foundation of all of your beliefs with regard to Christianity. That God became a man with no help of anyone but the Holy Spirit. And Mary is juggling that. She, she is going, you got to be kidding. I don't know about this. You're going, well, she was young, and it was the first century, and, you know, she was primitive. No, 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 no. No, listen, you have a better option to believe that than she did. You know about UFOs. I, I mean, you know a man walked on the moon. you got the Discovery Channel, the Walking Dead. She was shocked. She didn't say, I, you know, I'm a saint and you ain't. She didn't say, who, 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 who going to beat them saints? You know, the 49 is not going to beat the saints. But, but the reality is she was shocked out of her mind. How can this be? The Romans, the Roman occupation, they believed that the gods were way out there somewhere like Zeus and Aphrodite and Bacchus and all of those gods, you know, that they were way out there somewhere. The Persians believed they were spirits. They were like ghosts. You say, well, how about the Jews? Listen, the Jews believed God was so holy that, that, that they wouldn't even speak his name. See, see, when they called his name, they wouldn't call him Yahweh because that was the name for Jehovah God. They would call him Adonai. 
And, and, and they, he was so holy. The idea that God would come and be born inside of somebody's body, a little girl, a little peasant girl, you got to be kidding when you go in the Old Testament and you look at the Ark of the Covenant. You go, what is that? It's where God resided, was supposedly residing. And one time they were moving the Ark, like a, they had the Ark of the Covenant on the back of a cart, and it moved, and a guy reached out his hand to stabilize it and killed him. It's no wonder Mary said, how can this be? There's no way. It's not possible. It's got to be supernatural. It's got to be God. Listen, one thing about Christmas that I never want you to get away from because it's so easy to get away from it. It's supernatural. God became a man. Let that shock you. Let that rattle your brain. Grab a hold of that. You say, well, I don't know if I believe that. Well, 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 let me ask you something. I know you can't put in a test tube, but when you look around, do you not notice something has changed around you in our world? I mean, if you came from another country or another planet and you kind of walked into Hattiesburg or walked into another part of the world, you would go, what is going on? Man, the music has changed. There's lights everywhere. I mean, you've put a Christmas, you put a tree in your house. Do you know how much that's messed up your animals? I mean, they're thinking, what are these people doing? I, I, I mean, from, from Dubai to Mumbai, they are singing Christmas carols. Last year in Dubai, I was hearing them sing carols. It was unbelievable. Wherever you go, you see God. Listen, the traffic is unbearable. People are rocking and rolling. This ought to shock you that Jesus Christ has come, and Mary was shocked. But then she was also convinced because she received it by grace. I mean, the, the angel came to her. Listen, let me tell you something about Christianity. Let me tell you something about salvation. God finds you. God reveals himself to you. You don't find him. I mean, when you realize that, that salvation is by grace alone, it's not by works it's not by religion. It's not by you learning the books of the Bible. It's not you trying to be good or be better. It's the fact that he comes to you and no other religion says you get salvation by grace alone. They say you got to do this and you got to do that and you got to do this. And Mary didn't even get to name her baby. She says you're going to call him Jesus, Yahshua. Joshua in the Old Testament means Yahweh saves. And Jesus came as a baby who's God. It's the incarnation. Now, I, I know I keep going like that. I know you know that, but I want you to like know that, that, that God came as a person. He, he didn't just write it in the clouds and write it in the stars and, and send you information through a prophet. He came. And he came because you needed him, not just information about him. He came as a person to live with you. You, you say, why? You know, I, I, I'm really not that bad. I mean, did he have to come all this way? Yeah, this is the other thing. And I know this is hard to say out loud because you've come to church and all of our campuses and worship online. Yeah, you're sinful. You're, you're more sinful than you've ever imagined, Keller says but you're more loved than you ever realized. And that he parachuted behind enemy lines because you needed a savior. You, you needed somebody to come and live with you. You say, no, 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 my tree's up, my cards are, you know, cards are out, I've, I've hung the lights, everything's good. No, 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 Jesus came on a rescue mission. 
He came to save you from your sins. The, the gospel is not just a fast pass to heaven. The gospel is not, if you know, if I, it's a quid pro quo. If I kind of do this, then maybe God will do that. No, no. The gospel is that you need power. You, you, you need a sense of purpose. You need peace in your heart. You can't do this by yourself. And, and God chose Mary. Have you thought about that? Can you, can you hold on a second before we get to Hallmark? Have you thought about that God chose a 14-year-old girl, 8th grader? She was poor. She was broke. She was alone. Let, let that resonate with you. God chose Mary. And, and that's where some of you are. Listen, listen, she's pregnant and she doesn't have a husband. She has no social influence at all. She wouldn't be invited to any party. And God chose Mary. Kind of the underlying word is you should choose Mary too. Like as you roll through the holidays and you, you've got all your stuff you've got to do and all the people you've got to see and all the cards you've got to send out to the people you know. And as you're rocking and rolling to kind of get in a position where when you see somebody, when you see a Mary, you go, hey, I want to choose Mary too. I want to encourage people that maybe I don't know. I had another guy, and he, he was helping me do something. I'm not going to get into it where it was or anything like that. I never do that because uh, I don't do that. But, but I could tell the guy was like, like he's doing his best, you know, and, and we got something loaded up, and, and kind of he was standing there, and I shook his hand. I said, I'm going to tell you something. You know the thing I love about you? You're knowledgeable and you're nice. And I promise you, I'm not kidding you, this is like, this is a grown man, and and, and, and he looks at me like, what did you say to me? I said, you're, you're knowledgeable and you're nice. Man, thank you. And it blew his mind. Listen, as you roll through the holidays, and I get it, man. Look, don't, don't, don't start with me. Like, like I was on 98, I promise you, some of you are punking me because I was on 98 minding my own business, and there was a beautiful truck that pulled over in the left lane in front of me. It was a giant truck. It was an amazing truck, and it was doing 45 miles an hour. And I was like, oh, my goodness, you got to be kidding me. Punch it, bro. If I had a truck like that, and you got to calm it back down. Calm it back down, calm it back down, calm it back down. God chose the Marys and you choose the Marys too. She was shocked and she was convinced and then she believed. She believed by faith. Listen, Mary was the first Christian. You, you, you know that. I mean, she was the first one that said, you know, I, I, I believe. She had to trust in her own baby to save her. And you said, what's the big deal about that? Coming to faith is a process. It doesn't just happen in the moment. Like, like, like we, we ask you to invite people and we create environments. We create environments like for the next 17 days, all the way up to the end of the year, we've created environments for you to invite people to come. I mean, little cards like this right here. I mean, this is so easy. At the movies, at the movies, at the movies. I've already kind of cut that and put the, the words in there to kind of get to people where they are. Uh, Christmas adventure. And you kind of bring them in. You invite them in. Everybody will come at Christmas. Everybody will come Christmas Eve, man. It is such an easy invite, and you invite them in because we understand that salvation, like faith, faith, salvation is a moment, but faith is a process. They've got to hear first. That, that, they've got to hear it, you know, and, and I tell people all the time when they criticize us about the things we do to get lost people in the room, you can, they, listen, if they don't hear, they can't get saved. 
and, and they hear and they're shocked. It's like Mary. They're shocked and they, they ask questions and, and they kind of kick it around. They come back and, and you're so nice to them at the door and you're so nice to them at the coffee bar. And they're going like, wow, there's something to this. And they come back and they hear. Then all of a sudden, over a period of time, they become convinced there's something about this. This is amazing. This is wonderful. I had a guy stop me in the atrium and goes, you know, I, I was Jewish and my friend kept inviting me and kept inviting me. And I believe that Christianity is true. I believe it's right. And, and that's happens. They're shocked. And then all of a sudden they come around and they get it. That is our strategy. And then Mary confesses her faith. She says, may it be to me as you've said. God, whatever you want to do in my life, uh, you know, I don't understand, but I trust you. And man, that's what faith is. But it's not having all the answers and, and understanding everything about the Bible. If you've got a child and they're asking questions about faith, don't go, well, you don't understand it all. You don't understand it all. Where you simply say, God, I trust in you. I know that I'm a sinner. I, I know that I need you to come into my life and save me. And I, I just give you my life. I don't understand it all, but I just ask you to come into my life. And, and that's what salvation is. And the way Mary closes the deal is through community. And I love this. Because we keep telling you, get in a group, get in a group, get connected. You need people around you that get it. You need people around you that understand. You need to be in community. You need to be connected. And so she goes to Elizabeth's house. Elizabeth is 100 years old, okay? And she's pregnant. And she walks in. This is remarkable. We need to do a movie on this. Like, like she walks into Elizabeth's house. You know, it's The minute she walks in, Elizabeth starts singing. She starts yelling, oh, the mother of my Lord. What have I done to have you come? into my presence. You know how crazy that is? And, and here's Mary going, you got to be kidding me. She knows. She gets it. Listen, you need community to make it all come around. The mother of my Lord. And then John the Baptist. He's six months old. He's doing a high-fiving. He's doing a hand-raising. And in her belly. Go back and read it. You ought to read the Bible. It's better than Hallmark. He's going whoop, 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 whoop. Here she comes. Here she comes. Listen, Christmas is about do-overs. Christmas is about redemption. Christmas is about hope for lonely people who come home. And God says, I've got a plan for you. I've got a plan to use you and to give you an amazing life. And I know that so many of you, during night of worship, I was amazed and I'm still amazed by night of worship and uh, there was one part in there with five or six thousand people and one of the questions came up on the screen it says are are you afraid or do you fear what's going to happen to you in the future and and there'd been a few lights coming on here and there for the different questions and all of a sudden when when that like you know when that question came up all the lights came on if, if you see the shot of the room and, and all the lights on, it was after that question, are you afraid? Are you concerned about your future? And Christmas means you don't have to be worried. That, that God has you. He gets you. He loves you. He's got a plan for you. Mary, before Romans 12:1 was even written, she says, you know what? I offer my body as a living sacrifice to you. Holy 
a holy offering. It's the only acceptable thing I can do. And that's what Christmas is for all of us about your future. God, I don't understand it, but God, I trust you. God, I offer you my life. God, I want you to take over my life and do what you want to do because I belong to you. I'm going to ask you to bow your heads and close your eyes for just a moment. And as, as we kind of march into Christmas and prepare our hearts for all that God wants to say during the holidays, uh, there's one word I want to give you, and that is don't give up on God's plan. That whatever it is you're struggling with, whatever it is you're not sure about, what, whatever it is you're going like, hey, I don't know if this is going to come together. God says, I've got you that I am with you, that I came at Christmas time to prove to you that I will never give up on you. I will always be with you. I will always make a way for you. Father in heaven, we thank you that God at Christmas, it doesn't mean that everything works out perfectly in the moment. God, that it means that you came, that you sent your son Jesus to be born of a virgin, in, in a small town, in a manger to prove that you loved us and that you're with us and that God, when you give us words, God, that those words never fail. So Father, for whoever's listening to this message, whenever they're listening to it, may they be reminded that God, you love them. God, that you are there for them, that you're making a way in the darkness that you sent the light to shine among us. And God, this Christmas season, may we be shocked by the message. God, blow our minds with your goodness and grace in the middle of all the busyness and craziness of the season. And Father, we pray these things in Jesus' name. Amen. Thank you for joining us for the Venture Church Podcast. To find a campus near you, check out VentureChurch.org.